from Ezekiel 34, starting at the 11th verse. The prophet speaks. For thus says the Lord, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flock when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on the day of the clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them into their own land and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourse and all the inhabited parts of the land. And I will feed them with good pasture. And in the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide. I will save my flock and they shall no longer be ravaged and I will judge between the sheep and the sheep. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. And then from Matthew 25 comes what will become a familiar text to you, sometimes called the parable of the sheep and the goats, starting at verse 31 we hear this Jesus is speaking and he says when the son of man comes in his glory and the angels with him then he will sit on the throne in his glory all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left And then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? 
And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. And then he will say to those at his left hand, You are accursed. Depart from me into the internal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And he will answer them. Truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there's a new initiative in the Presbyterian Church USA. It's called the Matthew 25 Project. It's based on this scripture. The idea is that the way that churches become invigorated is to enact this text. To feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to give to the thirsty, to visit those in prison. The three principles of the Matthew 25 project are to reignite the church, the congregation. To work to eradicate poverty. And to work to eliminate systemic racism. Not bad goals, really. Although terrifically lofty. Terrifically lofty. There are, I think, four churches in this presbytery who are Matthew 25 churches. We are not one of them. There are something like 1,200 of our 12,000 congregations that have become Matthew 25 congregations. Now, here's the problem with Matthew 25, the project, not the text. Matthew 25, the project like anything that's touched in our national church by the bureaucrats, has turned itself into a public relations project. Like, in order to be a Matthew 25 church, you need to send us a short video demonstrating how your church is revitalized or eliminating poverty or eradicating systematic racism. Not, not just racism, but systematic racism. I was so with you until you got to the PR part of it. You know, we can't go home yet. You've got to get baptized. It's very right after I'm done talking. <laughs> um, 
Matthew 25, this text, is incredible and will be life-changing for congregations, for people, for any institutions that enact it. Have you met hungry people? People who are thirsty? People without clothes? My friend Lori Jones from the YWCA is here. Ask her about their boutique and how many women they clothe each week with garbage bags full of clothes that, by the way, they charge like three bucks for or five bucks for because people need that. When did you visit me in prison or when I was sick? Do you know what happens when somebody's sick and you take them chicken soup? This is the same concept that's been, been being talked about here when it says, when did you visit me in prison? Now prisons are a whole industry in and of themselves, but in Jesus' day, prisons were only where they held you while you were awaiting trial. After that, you were put to work, or you had to pay your debt back, or you, something else happened. But in Jesus' day, you sat in a prison while you waited for trial. And your family and friends were responsible for taking care of you and everything that you had there. If your friends and family didn't come visit you and bring you food and blankets and water, you didn't have any. Nobody provided that stuff for you. It was critically important that you had someone to visit you in prison. All of these things are matters of life and death. And let me remind you that the Christian church is, a, is, is about life. We are a resurrection people. Jesus rose from the dead to new life for us. And yes, for the forgiveness of our sins and for us to live in fullness of life. But guess what? We do that as a community too, not just as individuals. You want to hear some good stories about this church doing some good in the world? Talk to Janice. Don't harass her and don't like harangue her and don't like, you know, mob her. But talk to Janice. She'll tell you the story of a grandmother who spent all of her money on attorneys so she could get her grandchildren back from the abusive father that killed their mother, her daughter. showed up in tears in our food pantry because she didn't have any more money. She'd used it all on lawyers to get these kids in her house. But once they were in her house, she couldn't afford to feed them. You want to hear good stories about what the church is doing in this community? Talk to Janice about our food pantry and the 16-year-old boy. Get this, a 16-year-old boy who came in and was digging through the bag and found toilet paper. 
and was mesmerized like somebody had just given him a bag of gold. Can you imagine a 16-year-old boy being that excited about a roll of toilet paper? It's because these things are life and death for these people. And I know all of you say, oh, well, they're just cheating the system and they're just using us and they don't work and they don't do this and they don't... Talk to Janice. Don't mob her and don't harangue her and don't give her a hard time, but she'll tell you their their stories. Because we are asking now, why have you come here? What has brought you to this place? And it's everything under the sun and things you've never heard of before. Some of you know my young, strong, favorite nephew was in a horrible car accident on my birthday. He was riding a motorcycle and the car turned into him. So this side of his body is completely damaged. And at Thanksgiving, I was not privileged, whatever the opposite word of privileged is, unfortunate to hear a conversation between him and his wife where she was saying, well, I don't know why it should take you six months to recover. A knee replacement only takes six weeks. Well, he broke his femur. He broke below his femur. His kneecap is gone because it was shattered. He can't use his hand and his pinky sticking out like this. And if his pinky sticks out like this, he can't go to work in case it might be torn off. He's 28 years old and stuck with the thought that he may have to take disability to support his family. And he was one of those, like some of you, who say, them people ought to just go to work. And now he's realizing why some of them people can't go to work. Look, this is not rocket science. Jesus says very clearly, feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, visit the sick and the imprisoned. We are supposed to do that to demonstrate God's love, not just to us who are fortunate to have those things, but also to those whom we care for. Next week, we're going to start feeding the kids at Woodsdale School again. They've asked, finally, for 25 bags for weekends. I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need your help filling bags and carrying them over there. You know that my heart is with women and children everywhere. I do what I can for that. There's much, much more we could be doing. Bring your clothes in. I don't care if it looks messy. We'll take them to the Y. We'll take them to the house of the carpenter. We'll take them where they need to go so that people can get clothed. We are, as of now, starting a glove and hat and sock drive 
for the homeless in our town. We don't know where it will go to yet, what organization will go through to make that happen, but we'll make sure they get them. Visit the sick. There are some people that used to sit in these pews that aren't here anymore. Do we visit them? Do we know where they are? Do we talk to them? My contention is we need to be doing all those things and more. This is the last, one of the last commandments that Jesus gives his followers. Is be like me, who has done all these things, fed the hungry, give water to the thirsty, covered the naked, healed the sick, visited. Be like me. Be like me. Care for people in my name, with my love. Amen.